You're listening to the Tag Team Podcast, the podcast that is a WWE Network companion. Currently covering 1984 WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And now here are your Tag Team Podcast hosts, Jeff Jones and John Burke. Greetings. Welcome to the Tag Team Podcast. I'm John Burke. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jeff Jones. So it's episode nine. We've made it to the ninth episode, the last of the single digits. Pretty soon we'll be in double digits. I'll start using toes to keep up on what episode we're on. Sounds great. That's progression when you start using your toes. Yeah. Can't say I blame you there. So how was your day? It was interesting. I went to south of the border. And for those that don't know, that's on the North Carolina, South Carolina borderline. It's technically, I think, in Hanford, but it's pretty close to Dillon, South Carolina as well. Did you sneak anything across the border? No, there's no illegals, no border patrol, no deportions or anything like that. It was pretty laid back. No, that's always good. Did you pick up anything nice while you were there? I got a t-shirt to commemorate me going there, and I collect shot glasses because they're kind of cheap souvenirs to pick up when you go to places. Usually it's one of the cheapest things you can get, so I got one of those and I think we got a magnet for the refrigerator. Oh, and a postcard because we have this it's a picture frame mirror and you can put like six postcards on there as long as they're vertical, which are hard to find. Oh, neat. Yes. So you got a shot glass to forget the bad times, this t-shirt for the good times, magnets for the memories that you remember to take pictures of. There you go. All right. I like it. We had a more productive day than me, that's for sure. Well, can't all be productive all the time. Probably got some sun too, but we'll see that tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. That's some vitamin D. Yeah, for sure. A lot of walking. I got some exercise, too. Yeah, it's all like both sides of the street, but you got to do walking to get building to building and stuff like that. So I was outside of more than usual. Amazing. My day consists of driving in the car. Did that. And check. Didn't get out of the car, thankfully. Pee me on that. <laughs> and I have a battle plan for the rest of the week anyway to tackle my yard that I cleared off. Where I said somebody come clear the land. So I've got to maintain it. So I've got a battle plan now. I went to a undisclosed hardware store and picked up a dump cart attached to the back of your lawnmower. I'm going to ride my lawnmower on out, wrap it around some trees, start getting some sticks up, and start making a good old go-kart track. There you go. For go-kart or for RC? I don't know. For go-kart, for sure. Ah, cool. Get a two-seater. That's what the youngins want, so. And start charging the neighbors, and we will have this podcast funded. That's, yes, definitely. Start your own little south of the border. Baja. (laughs) South of El there you go. I'll take it. Whatever we need to do to keep the show afloat. <laughs> South of the border did have a lot of cool stuff that just used the abbreviation, so a lot of SOB stuff on there. Nice. Yeah. I love SOB, SOB, yeah, it's cool stuff. Like, uh, I got crabs at Joe's Crab Shack kind of thing? Yeah, they had one thing on that. It was, can't remember exactly, something to deal with sausage and wieners. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, sounds like we had a slightly, me not being productive, you being productive, I guess that's a slightly productive day. Sounds like your day was cheaper. South of the border does not have Mexico peso prices, but I enjoyed myself. Oh, you kind of, what you paid for kind of thing, yeah? Yeah, I think souvenirs, I want to say about 40 bucks for all that. T-shirt had to be the majority of it, but. Oh yeah, definitely. I I would assume that the T-shirt would be the driving factor. Yeah, I didn't actually break down how much I paid for that t-shirt. I guess it's better <laughs> just not to know. And then meal for dinner or lunch, probably both because the late we ate was about $24. It's because they had a buffet. They have tiers there. 
here. I like the setup. They have fast food type deal, kind of family on a budget, and we didn't go in there, but they have that. And they have mid-tier, which is where we went, and it's sort of like a uh, Applebee's type deal, Chili's at a salad bar, and that's what we conquered. Unfortunately, they charged Golden Corral prices for that. It was like $11, but yeah, got my money's worth as best as I could. And then they have upper tier, which isn't even open till 5 p.m., so if you're looking for that tier, you don't even go there unless you're going to be hanging out around there after 5, and that's their steakhouse that has supposedly prime rib, seafood, and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to wait to eat and pay more. Yeah, it's for the dinner people that go there at like, I guess, 3 o'clock maybe, and then do some of the stuff around there, and then, well, I'm hungry, and then want to go up to that upper echelon of eating and fine dining. The creme de la creme kind of thing. Exactly. And this giant sombrero restaurant. It's a restaurant that's literally shaped like a sombrero. Did they give you a sombrero? Give? No. They'd sell you some. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, real nice ones if you wanted to go that high in $60. Literally the ones you usually see in mariachi bands. Oh, they have the mariachi style. So you could have theoretically got the mariachi hat and did the Mexican hat dance. Yeah, for sure. They had ponchos. Sell everything but the oversized guitar. What the hell? No guitar? Yeah, no guitars. I would hate to see how much they charge for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was an awesome day. It's usually going to be a week for me. <laughs> I'm glad you got all that conquered in one day. <laughs> it was cool. Not something I'd go to every year or anything like that. I've heard about it before through YouTube and better half family's been there before when she was little. So I had to go down there and see what all the commotion was about. Now, could you positively review and rate the South of the Border experience on a YouTube? Um, maybe. They have motels there and they're not too bad, but of course I didn't stay at anything like that. I think it would be good for anyone that was coming from, I don't know, maybe Florida and going to, we'll say, Pennsylvania, Maryland type, needed a place to stay. I'd definitely stop there on the way if I had some time to kill or wasn't on a deadline. So this is a bucket list destination. Yeah, if you don't live around it. I mean, us being as close as we are, it's like, yeah, why would I go two hours, stay in a motel, and then do everything in one day and come back? It didn't make too much sense to me. If we're going to Florida. Yeah, if you're going to Florida, it's a little bit longer, but still only two hours from home. I like to drive a little bit further than that when I go to Florida. I'd rather be relaxed, be refreshed. Well, there you go. (laughs) Next time you go to Florida, take 311 to 501 to 301. I might have this two flip-flop and just uh, make your way to 95 and you'll see south of border. Nice. Yeah. I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. There you go. We got ice cream arcades for the kids. The Reptile Lagoon's pretty interesting. A lot of alligators you get to see up close, pretty much. Oh. You get a chance to be eaten and you can eat. Sweet. I learned stuff from about alligators and it wasn't from anyone there teaching me. It was just, those aren't real. And yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they actually changed their pose after looking like a freaking statue for 40 minutes. Um, yep, those are real. Coming from Florida, I would expect you to know the difference. I never saw an alligator with its mouth wide open for literally 15, 20 minutes. I mean, it stood still, just had its mouth open like it was posing for the dentist. Now, that's how they pant, supposedly. So they release heat off that way. And sure enough, it came back later on and he had his mouth closed this time. You sure somebody didn't go through and close it? No. No one was behind us. <laughs> All right. You never know. You gotta watch them people. They're tricky. They'll fool you and take your money. <laughs> no, Pedro's my friend. I saw many of signs that told me that. <laughs>
Let's recap some episode eight for the people that might be joining us either for the first time or don't remember what the heck they listened to last week. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Tuesday Night Titans, August 7th, 1984. We had a moment of silence due to the fact that the first five segments cut. Programming difficulties claim to take the reason, but we don't know. This episode was not on YouTube, at least that we could find anyway, and we couldn't find any other notes or any kind of information on what exactly happened. But when we did start the TNT episode. We were joined by Ken Patera, WWF Strongman, talking about his weightlifting and bodybuilding routine. We learned that he was a regular Kurt Angle being in the Olympics, having some gold medal. And we then go to a match between Ken Patera and Billy Travis. We figured out who Billy Travis was. And we also seen Ken Patera throw Billy Travis around like sack of potatoes. He was <laughs> to say Ken Patera won. And we have Ken Patera going through many, many weightlifting demonstrations, which varied from the regular lift weights of your head to lift weights of your head to Vince McMahon in a van attempting to run over Kim Bater. You'll have to watch the episode to figure out what I mean. Next, we move to Lord Alfred Hayes reading viewer mail. And who else delivers the mail? Not S.D. Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, not him. It is the Haiti Kid. Viewer mail is finished. We move on to Ace Freeman, which is our nostalgic wrestler of the segment. And he speaks of the young kids nowadays coming out of college instead of actually going into the business, which makes them less aggressive and more smart to the business versus older people whenever he went in or just really just balls to the wall. Let's do it kind of people, not very smart to the business and making money. Our next segment where Haiti Kid does join the set and he speaks of being in about 72 different countries in his time and the referees are douchebags and they get in the way. We move next into the Haiti Kid versus Danny Carpenter match. I think me and John both agreed that these types of matches are more of a horse and pony show instead of taken seriously as athletes and it's just really sort of oh I need to pee and get popcorn kind of matches kind of deal. I don't think they really get the respect and deserve what they should actually get. After that we get to John's favorite wrestler Tito Santana. He is wrestling Rene Goulet. And uh, John's favorite wrestler actually wins with three count which proves my theory that he's not really a bad guy. Reprove it after this episode. And next, we get more of Tito. John's really happy. We see Vince and Alfred eating some Mexican food. And for our final segment leading us out, we get to see Nikolai Koloff versus SD Jones. The introduction, anyway. And we find out who the spoiler is in facing Jeff Lane. And that is episode number eight. Ready for some territory talk, Jeff? Let's get talking. Let's talk May 1984 timeline with territories. Territory. Wrestling territories. And for you youngsters out there, <laughs> wrestling territories is something that may be foreign to you, but at one time in the United States alone, there were 25 or 30 wrestling territories that were headquartered around the country. Territory Talk, Florida. One of the true meccas of professional, the 20th century wrestling scene in the Sunshine State was served by such promoters as Homer Hesterly, Bill Salade. Clarence Cowboy Luttrell, Larry Simon, Hiram Matsuda, Duke Gamuka, and of course, the legendary Eddie Graham. Championship Wrestling from Florida Incorporated was one of the unquestionable leaders in the field for most of its run, offering state-of-the-art in-ring wrestling and perhaps the best public face of any group in the country, thanks in no small part to the credibility of announcer, company spokesman Gordon Solly. 
promoting under such TV brands names as Championship Wrestling from Florida, Global Wrestling, and Southern Pro Wrestling. This Tampa-based group was a longtime member of the National Wrestling Alliance. Eventually, the territory was bought up by Jim Crockett Promotions, running as a separate promotion, but later it was folded into the Crockett family in late 1987 early 1988. Dusty Rhodes territory, pretty much. That's where Dusty did most of his work before he got bought out and went to Jim Crockett Promotions. Seems like buying out seems to be the theme about the major <laughs> collapse of all these territories. Yeah, pretty much. Whether it was Vince or Jim Crockett trying to gain ground on Vince, it was pretty much, yeah, buy it up. Keep the times you like, get rid of the ones you don't. They go over to another territory that either keeps them or gets bought up and they just keep moving. Good information there. I can't wait for maybe our next territory talker to hit big old Texas. Good old Texas. Yep. And we'll have to do a special on it. There's too much to cover in just one episode and try to squeeze in a Tuesday Night Titan. So look forward to that in the coming weeks. Hi, I am Bosley and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If you sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. Ready to recap some Tuesday Night Titans, August 21st, 1984. I have my recap on. Let's do this. August 21st, 1984. Remember what the opener was for Vince McMahon to Lord Alfred Hayes? I do. He introduces Alfred Hayes as the chairman of the ill-fated Tory party. And for those that do not know what the Tory party is, never fear. The Tory parties were members of two political parties which existed in the UK. There will be a link on our Facebook page if you want to know more about the Tory parties. And who doesn't? Everybody. Yeah. The wigs versus the people that comb their hair. It was awful. And pretty key to this episode. Oh, hell yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> and also Vince says that this is the first time that we will have the ladies and the men's champion on the same show. Woo-hoo. I thought the roof would explode. <laughs> no technical difficulties on this one either as far as that goes. I didn't have to cut it. No, definitely not. Rather decent. I noticed we're on episode 9 moving it in. The editing seems to be getting better. Except in 10 I don't think I remember seeing it in 9 but in 10 we have that weird non-full screen thing on the going on the right hand side where it looks like it's coming from a different camera. You can kind of make out what the little edge is. It's showing like Vince's hand or something, but you're not supposed to see it. Have you noticed that yet? 
I have not. I'm going to screen capture it. I'm, I'm not crazy. It's there. I didn't notice it, but if we're not supposed to notice it, then I'm going to respect. I think if you watch it their wishes. full screen, you won't notice it and it gets cut off. But if you watch it in small like I do when I'm going through here and making notes and things, yeah, you can see it on the right hand side. Oh, all right. We'll have to check into that. I'll screen capture it. Look for that coming up on Facebook too with big arrows saying I'm not crazy. Yes. Look for the crazy person putting this stuff on there saying that he's not crazy. <laughs> Got it. All right. Did you notice anything else for the introduction there? Anything stand out at you? No, I don't think so. Was it? I think this one did have like a pixelation problem. Am I correct on that? Or am I thinking of a different one? Like the bottom left-hand corner occasionally would have some pixelation going on. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, that was kind of a little bit annoying. I don't know if they were trying to blur out a sponsor or blur out something that wasn't supposed to be there or that was there at the time and not supposed to be there now. It worked better than that blue box they used on Hulk Hogan back when that earlier episode. <laughs> Look, man, you mess with Dr. D, that's what you get. Blue box on your face. <laughs> he don't play. No, he does not. So they bring out Wendy Richter to bring out the first champion of the night, and they want to embarrass her on national television for the second time, because some people might not have saw it the first time. Did you notice anything on that one? On the embarrassment? No, on the one she came out. Mm, not that I can recall. I noticed that everybody in the, even the production men, wasn't trying to kiss her. They actually composed themselves <laughs> and they were calm. No monomania going on in the studio? <laughs> yes. No, everybody <laughs> remained their safe distance. After she filed her restraining order. Everybody behaved. No Sergeant Slaughter busting in. Nope. No Hulk Hogan busting in. No. Nope. Still here. <laughs> that was very civilized and classy of them. Very much so. And for those, those wondering what John is talking about, the embarrassing moment, we cut to a video of Mean Gene giving Wendy the women's title. No kiss. Just the title. <laughs> and we see Moolah coming from behind, actually attacks Wendy and attempts to grab the belt. And while the melee starts, I noticed Mean Gene immediately take his jacket off. And I thought he was doing the little Toro for Moolah. Maybe he was going to be Manador. Should have saved that for the last episode. But I thought he was looked like he was being a Manador trying to wave off Moolah. And ends up, Moolah ends up kicking him right in the butt anyway for his troubles. And I did notice that the referee didn't bother getting involved either. Because the last time the referee got involved, he got a straight drop kick to the hip. Mean Gene was going to throw down. I'm just getting this jacket off and gonna start swinging. Yeah. I got this. Stand aside, Wendy. Well, he didn't succeed in that by any means. <laughs> it was more of a, yeah, 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 y'all go ahead. I'll, keep, I'll pick up the end kind of thing. <laughs> sort of a early Joey Styles cat fight. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess for 80s, this was pretty up there, but no blue box, so the censors were okay with it. They were mesmerized. I can't believe what happened. So. <laughs> and that was the embarrassing moment that they were referring to. And when they cut back to the studio, Alfred calls Moolah a feisty old beast. Twice, yeah. And Vince claims that the only way to get back Moolah for her humiliating her is a rematch. And then Wendy says, I'll give her as many rematches as she want. And then I said in my mind, oh, joy, I can't wait for this. Yes. I sort of just shook my head and thought, gotta be something else. <laughs> gotta be something else, that's for sure. And then Wendy thanks Vince for showing that to her family for the second time.
them in case they missed the original episode where it aired. Awfully nice of him. Yeah. And a side note, speaking of that embarrassment, why she seemed so embarrassed and actually genuinely didn't know it was coming. I was listening to a shoot on the TNT show and they really winged it. They didn't have anything scripted for, for that show for the most part. So a lot of it was a surprise for some wrestlers. Thought that was interesting. Tell that was Freddie Blassie for sure. <laughs> oh, Freddie. So next we have six man tag match between the fabulous Freebirds. Can't believe they showed that. Just had to prove me wrong. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And Jerry Valiant. Gentleman Jerry Valiant. Yep. We have Alexis Smirnoff. Mr. Smirnoff himself. And Max Blue. Sounds like a vodka drink. Max Blue Smirnoff. A very valiant Max Blue Smirnoff. For the gentleman and all of us. Yes. We just named a tag team, folks. That's what we do here. Creative minds. Vince, are you listening? Is this thing going? <laughs> I didn't have much on the six man. It was it was a six man tag. I think the only thing that I really enjoyed about the match is they actually tagged out instead of it being a one on one match and then tagging. They actually tagged out pretty regularly, which I did enjoy. I got two things out of it. David Wolf's the manager. Hooray! Nothing like getting a manager that's done music before as your manager for wrestling. Um, they kind of introduced the fist bump, but it was more like the E fist bump, so I guess it doesn't count. They did that before the match and after the match. Didn't really catch on, I guess, in pop culture. And then the best move was Michael P.S. Hayes shaking his hair and doing a moonwalk before the match even started. Yeah, Valiant didn't know what to do when he started walking backwards. <laughs> I had a clothesline him personally, but he was right there, Eddie. <laughs> the match ends with a lift-up double clothesline from the Fabulous Freebirds, and surprise, surprise, they went on their opening match on TNT. What a way to go. Next up. Old favorite. Freddie Blassie himself. Minus rings. I was going to say, yeah, no pinky ring. No, had to pay for his new talent somehow. Well, he has quite a stable. Yeah, he does. Between him and Captain Lou, it's like every wrestler wrestles for one or the other. That's a heel. Where the money was, the heel. Apparently so. We didn't have a theme in a while, but if I had to theme this one up, it'd probably be the nicknames for the host episode because <laughs> Lord Alfred Hades, Lordski. Because all Englishmen are lords over there. Yeah, they all are. And Freddie Blassie speaks of Big Kamala being part of his stable and of the wrestlers that he manages and that he doesn't really speak his language, so he has Friday his assistant slash wrangler of Kamala to translate what's needed between the two. And then from there we go to a match where it's the Iron Sheik versus John's favorite Tito Santana with the guest referee, Mr. Freddie Blassie. Unbiased, unfavorable, fair Freddie Blassie. Except for the mildly racist comments at the beginning of the match. Yes. <laughs> You're correct. I'm guessing either this was a trend or something, because we heard back on Brawl to End It All that they were going to have Captain Lou as a guest referee for a match that involved the Samoans versus, I think it was the tag champions at the time, Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. And have yet to see that match or that referee. I want to put that in the vault with the Paul Orndorff never seen interview. Yeah, possibility. It was advertised some for some time in August. We might get to see it maybe sometime over the next three episodes if they show. If I was Vince, I'd space it out because I don't want to see two guest referee managers back to back, but who knows? I'm having to see Freddie Blassie slowly fall to the ground and slowly get up was enough for me. Poor guy. But he called it down the middle, just like you said. He did. He got at the iron sheet, made sure that he wasn't having a closed fist, checking for weapons, making sure doing the second most important job, keeping the ring clean of any debris that you're throwing at the iron sheet. And there was debris. It's worse than a WCW match. That was equal 
if not more than NWO's first appearance with Hulk Hogan turning bad to trash. It was bad. Yeah. Plus, he did keep a good job. Now, I did notice the crowd chanted USA, but neither one of them was from USA. I don't really know what was going on from there. Secretly knew that Tito was living in New Jersey. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those ah, yeah. weird crowd chants that uh, before you chant that, know your geography and your history of these wrestlers and their backgrounds. Definitely. And make sure whenever you throw something, it does go in the ring and not over the ring. Well, in the cheap seats, overshot it happens. <laughs> I did notice that a couple times. And we see the Iron Sheik starting to use dirty tactics to try to get over in the match. I didn't see that. No, I must miss that. You didn't see that? I seen it. And then we cut to a commercial break, which is kind of weird for them to cut into one match. Usually they show the whole match, but there was more to come. And right about the 26 minute and 13 mark, somebody dropped a glass or somebody broke a window because there was a glass shatter. Oh, didn't catch that either. I'm failing. I thought it was at my house, so I had to replay it back. So I wear headphones when I listened to it. I wasn't sure that that glass shatter and what exactly it was. Yeah, it may have been Hulk Hogan and his bottles. Probably. I'm trying to set it up for that thing at the end. Oops. Getting things together. We don't know, but there was definitely some shattering of glasses. And finally, we see Tito Santana go for the pinfall, and we see Freddie Blassie is attempting to clear the ring up to make sure there's no foreign objects or sharp objects around the ring. Yeah, I gotta make sure. Oh, yeah. No one gets hurt. Safe environment. Yeah. And would you like to discuss the ending of the match? So, why Freddie's doing what a good ref's supposed to do, keeping the ring clear, making sure nothing's out there, the trip or fall, and gets kind of unintended damage to themselves. Mr. Tito tries to use this to his advantage and gets another ref to come in and do a fast three count. And once again, Tito Santana proves that he's a fraud. <laughs> But I believe that's the second three count that he's got. This one doesn't even count. Oh, it wasn't even the ref assigned to the match. So technically it should be a disqualification. So that would prove your theory either way. Yeah, exactly. The man can't really win without cheating some way. Hang on to his title at all costs. I think another wrestler coming up has the same outlook. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if Tito's tactics are spreading throughout to other wrestlers. Because, I mean, he is a champion. So you want to model your game and your style off the guy that holds the title. We come back from the actual tape match. We hear Fred Blassie claim there was tampering of the video and that our Lord Albert Hayes is a splicer master. I agree. Vince was really harping at everything, saying, oh, why did you do that? Oh, this looks like you're favoring Iron Sheik. Like, Vince, he's yelling at the guy to keep his fist open. How more against the guy can he be? But he didn't trip him, though. But yeah, Vince was pretty hard on him through that whole match. Over the top. Very interrogated. Oh, yeah, on definitely. I don't know. I'm not sure what Tito's deal is and why he keeps his title, but yeah, he's doing something for Vince. He's not being a Shawn Michaels, is he? Uh, he might have been the original Shawn Michaels. He might have taught Shawn what he knows. I don't know. Dirty man. Very dirty man. Yes. All right, moving on. We forgot to point out Freddie Blassie had the coolest ref attire ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we hope to go ahead soon be selling that t-shirt on Spreadshirt, hopefully, if we can get the copyrights for it. Oh, we don't need copyrights, smoppy rights. <laughs> we'll just sell them like, we don't know. We're supposed to know everything? He just wanted to remind the fans what they were watching with this t-shirt. It was a cool t-shirt, very generic looking. It just said pro wrestling. I think we can do it. I think we can, too. Easy. This is a generic term. Exactly. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Coming soon to a spreadsheet near you. The pro wrestling Freddie yes. Blassie referee classic t-shirt. 
Speaking of that, my favorite segment appears next, and that is the mail segment. Mailbag of doom. Let's just say this. Alfred never saw it coming. That's for sure. Literally. I don't know if Rocky Johnson was throwing this or what. It wasn't a Haiti kid, I'm sure. But the mailbag comes probably a good 25 miles an hour through the TNT studio and clips him right in the eyeball. Puts a little cut above his right eye. And Vince is enraged with laughter and hysteria. Kind of a demented laugh. Yes. And look on his face. Yes. More blood, kind of. I think before he gets all of question one out, he is wiping some blood away from his face. And Vince loves it. He does kind of have that, yes, bleed peasant kind of look to him, doesn't he? Yep. And the question was, with referees all being male and their formats, they seem to have a lot of excuses. And the writer of this email... She basically wants women to be rough. She's very out of her time with her feministic ideas, I guess. And Vince says, come on down. And encourages it. I want to say I remember women refs at one time. I don't know if it was around here, but they were wearing the, I want to say the blue t-shirt black low tie attire, so might have been during this time. Alright, you're ahead of me on that one. I just remember the the sunny referee with the little people. I don't remember that one at all. We'll YouTube it later, don't worry. <laughs> so next up, after the airmail segment, we have Arnold Skolan. Skolan, ladies and gentlemen. S-K-A-A-L-A-N-D. Everything's silent. It's just pronounced Skolan. Apparently so. And during this interview, we learned that he managed Bruno San Martino yep. and most recently uh, Bob Backlund. Bobby B. Yep. And also that he wrestled for four decades. I believe that was the count. I believe so as well. Three or four. It was the most that I've heard anyway of any wrestler. And Vince asked him that he should wrestle one more decade. And he'd wrestled over a thousand matches, which I think nowadays that's common when you're on the road 300 days a year, including all shows. Yep. So during the interview, they cut to a video of Mr. Arnold Skolan versus Pete Sanchez. Mark Sanchez's uncle. And right as we cut to the video, we see a fast three count, and we notice that it looked like Arnold had threw Pete off of him and onto the referee, and the referee starts giving him flack. I don't remember the outcome for this. Outcome. We don't know. That might be why. But as they wrestled, there was no commentary, so it was really confusing to figure out who was wrestling, because when they went to the video, they didn't really specific on who was wrestling. I guess you just had to assume it was him. But luckily for us, he had the same haircut and same hairstyle in that match that he did in the studio. <laughs> That's the only way I picked up on who it was. Yeah, once you have your look down pat, you just don't need to change it. I said a comedian once said that you can tell your father's best years because he dresses in that decade. <laughs> he always keeps that style. I don't know if it's true. Sounds legit. I think I'm stuck in the 90s myself. Oh. The late 90s. Oh, for sure. Oh, well. That's the best. <laughs> and moving on, from there we see a match that we have seen before. Unfortunately. And I think it was a time filler to get our next guest ready. It is the Haiti Kid versus Dana Carpenter. And for this match, Gorilla Monsoon doing commentary. Get stuck with it again. Nothing extravagant from this match. Actually, I was sort of impressed with it because there wasn't a lot of shenanigans like on the last episode that we noticed. It's a pretty decent match. Haiti Kid got the victory by pinfall. Sunset flip. Yep. They showed like one or two of the same spots that they showed in the other match, but I mean, that's what happens when you do the same match back to back weeks. Pick up on things. Oh, yeah. And when they go back to the studio, basically, this sums it up of what Vince and Lord Alford probably really think about the midget wrestling, as they call it. Midgets always 
there for a belly laugh or two, to say the least. Yeah, that's pretty much what they think of them. They're not real. They're just there for a belly laugh. Damn events. <laughs> yeah, mock them. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Probably you're only one half the size, so you only get half the paycheck, sir. Yep. So next up, we get Nikolai Volkov and Freddie Blassie on set, and they talk a little bit about Nikolai Volkov. History is family lineage, Russia, the Olympics, and why Russia pulled out, and why America will do okay since Russia's not in it, and things like that. I did notice during the interview, whenever Nikola first sat down, he's kind of looking around a little confused. I guess that's his normal, normal look. He always looks like he's in deep thought, waiting for those hard-hitting questions. Yeah, I think it's crossed between not understanding the language that well. And I did hear Vince ask if he trusts the guidance for Freddy being under management from Freddy, you know, the guidance and the way that he's directing Koloff to do the matches. And Nikola replies and says, well, there's two results. Show up to win and then you be the winner by any means necessary. Tito Santana way of thinking for sure. Not the American way, that's for sure. No, good thing Tito's from Mexico. After this, it cuts to a video, the intro of Nikola Volkov. And when he first came out, he was smiling and, you know, doing the mayor's wife hand waving at everybody. And he was greeted with a nice cold Pepsi to the face. He didn't make it 10, 10 steps down the walkway. That's what I noted too. He didn't make it that far and then BAM! Welcome to America. Now get a job. <laughs> He did make it to the ring. He was a little more angry. I'm pretty sure his opponent, John Phillips, was not very pleased with an angry Russian. Vince only on commentary for this one. He got it covered. It was a short match, but it was a decent. Only thing I didn't like was Volkov didn't seem to do too well on kicks to the head. He, they looked kind of, I don't know, fake. <laughs> Not real? Like yeah. he missed a lot? Exactly. Hmm. Well, he probably was throwing off his gain having that Pepsi thrown on his face right out of the bat. Yeah, probably messed with his equilibrium, and we were lucky that he could even stand. Definitely. One thing that kills Russians, it's Pepsi. <laughs> but Nikolai does happen to use his powerful arsenal of kicks and punches to toss around Phillips like a sack of potatoes. And then he does finish him off with a press slam rib breaker. Which leads to Mike feedback and good times for me. The rib breaker heard around the arena. Yep, so loud it crushed the mics. Crazy strength. That's what you get, Pepsi Man. Yep, you're next. You're next. For sure. Fun fact on Volkov, he ran for district delegate for the Republican primary of District 7 back in 2006 in Maryland. How'd that turn out for him? Oh, I have a clip of one of his speeches, and you can see why he didn't win. And the reason is, I guess politics, and I come here as a sportsman, I don't like to talk about politics. That's not a good platform to run on whenever you're going to run in politics. Mm-mm. Nope. He's not part of the people. Nope. And they weren't fooled, and they didn't vote for him, and he didn't win. Well, at least he tried. I'll give him respect for that. You know, during the interview, I feel that Freddie Blassie is using Nikolai to get back at Hogan for the championship belt that he could never have. I kind of feel that way. Very possible. He's a guy that's about the same size as Hulk to go up against Hulk and try to beat him. But I guess the Sheik's busy with IC belt now. He's got slaughter to deal with. Yep. In the next segment, we hear Russian music. Yes. Finally. Culture 
finally, dang, it's getting worried. We weren't going to have any singing or music or food or something. Like, what? Is this a TNT episode? Got to have something. When he was singing, he did remind me of Andre the Giant as he smiled and sung with pride. was nice of him to actually give the name of the song, something Very no true. other singer has done. Yeah. So he does sing a chord, and he's not horrible. He's no Vashon, but he's pretty close. Since we don't speak Russian, not fair to grade, but sounded decent, I guess. You know, he had a bucket and he carried the tune, so I'm good with it. There you go. And then the next segment we have was Russian dancing. Of course. Naturally. Music, dancing, and food. It goes in that order. Yeah, I was waiting waiting for the vodka to come out. <laughs> not this go-around. Did it get Smirnoff, just not in the form that we like. Yeah, this is a gentleman Smirnoff, I guess. So they do show us some of the dancing in their native country, which is very interesting. Kind of reminds me of National Lampoon's European Vacation when he dances with the Germans. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the same kind of dance. I was entertained. I could see that. <laughs> and then they cut to black and then come back and they assured us that they have cleared the studio of Nikolai and Freddie Blassie. And we cut to a video of the one and only Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Immortal, the Hulkster. Probably wasn't too busy to come on the show. For him to be everywhere, we were able to pin him down. Of course, you know, Wendy's going to be there. Brother, I'm going to be there too. So I think he kind of baited him in. She is the Marilyn Monroe of wrestling. True that. Which I'm not sure how good of a wrestler Marilyn Monroe was. So I'm not sure if he's insulting her or actually complimenting her. I have to ask John F. Kennedy how well she wrestled. <laughs> Moving on. I got a little clip of when Hogan came on to the show. Honor to have you here with us on Tuesday Night Titans. A tremendous honor. I tell you, Vince, it's uh, great to be here. This is a little different, I tell you, but I like it. Kind of mellowed out here. I'm, you got anything to eat around here? <laughs> For sure, <laughs> later on, I'm sure we, we will have. Perhaps a little training or whatever later on. Whatever. Oh, Hogan, he don't eat. No, he just, he just prayers and takes his vitamins. And trains. There's no food. Oh, he does. There's no eating. Yeah. No, he was hoping for some Smirnoff as well, left over from uh, Volkov being on the show. And Russians don't leave any vodka around, so I don't think he'd be out of luck. Probably so. And we do learn that when Hogan steps into that ring, not only he steps into the ring, the whole crowd's with him. We have talked on the phone during the holidays. The motivation. He in spirit. He's there. And he also speaks about Nikolai being a scary man, scaring some people, except for him, and the weight factor being an issue. And he says, usually the heavier you are, the more winded you tend to get. Right around the 20-minute mark, some people are gasping for air. But for him being the 301 to 305 mark, he says that's his sweet spot. And around the 20-minute mark, he's just getting his second wind. They also go to a WWF magazine, which plays two roles in my clip here. One will be a screenshot that I'll put up Showing Jeff's prediction of the foam finger from Mailbag coming back into play. Magically, the camera pans in right while Vince has it open to show we can get a Hulk Hogan foam finger for eight bucks. Eight dollars. Wow, Vince, that's unbelievable. That's a steal nowadays. Yeah, it's expensive for the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great for now, bad for then. It's like a house. I guess they could live in the finger. Yeah, there you go. They also show a little kiss of history, I guess you could say, knowing what we know now. I'll play that clip. You'll see what I mean. Here again, among the many luminaries uh, that were on hand with uh, the Hulkster, uh, 
Mr. and Mrs. Donald Trump. That wasn't Ivaca. That was the original. The Trumps. And also, I believe right before that, Vince was speaking of Hulk Hogan out-of-the-ring activities that led up to that clip of him hanging out with Roger Stahlback. And then, as you just heard, him hanging out with the Trumps. And then he headed down to Washington, D.C. for the fitness test. I'm going to be there tomorrow, and I want to show you a few things. Slash events. Slash. Well, according to the Hulkster, he claims that he did more steps than Bob Backlund. Okay, whatever you think, brother. On the Bob Backlund step-up test. That he was doing chin-ups all day, hanging around. And the fact that he was so bored that he decided to lift the whole chin-up mechanism. Are you crazy? Because he didn't have anything else to do. Or because the steroid rage kicked in. Or all the eggs. Nutrition Hulkster style, for sure. We're going to have some positive nutrition. When we return, ladies and gentlemen, Hulk Hogan is going to show us a little something about nutrition Hulkster style. Needles. Yeah. Syringes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Push those aside. Hulk Hogan. We're doing live TV. Oh, no. They'll only do that in Gorilla. <laughs> so, yes. Hey, brother. And I believe we get a video before we get cooking with Hulk Hogan. Him training his possible tag team partner. Yeah, they don't tell us on the video, but thanks to our trivia quiz that we took recently, we know that him and Mean Gene team up and face George the Animal Steel and Mr. Fuji. So, we have to assume that this clip is really meant for, but they play it off as he trains Mean Gene on every other week or so. And it was a, a very disturbing four days for poor Mean Gene. Can he smoke his morning cigar and read his paper? Or have coffee. No, messed up. Yep. Hulk Hogan bust in like the police on a drug raid, getting the cups down in eight raw eggs total. Originally there was four, but Mean Gene definitely couldn't stomach four raw eggs. So he did the Rocky and he downed all eight eggs and took Mean Gene out for a run. Bad camera work there too in the house in the kitchen clip there. You can see people in background. <laughs> I guess Mean Gene's real family. I don't know. Or maybe the house they broke in to film it. Who knows? But yeah, it's kind of funny. See people in the dark living room in the back. Uh, yellow wallpaper won't do anybody favors. <laughs> that was a style, man. That was horrible. <laughs> style from the 70s. Oh, drugs. <laughs> Alright, after he decides to put Mean Gene through four days of hell, something he'll never <laughs> recover from, we come back to the TNT studios and we see it's cooking with Hulk Hogan. What the hell? Well, I'm excited anyway. Anyway, on the table, we see food, we see bananas, we see eggs, we see peaches, we see berries, but not for the Hulkster. He gets a blender ready, and all of a sudden you see the powder. This is the Hulkster's Python powder, soon to be on the market here, and you know something, this is super energy protein. Wait, 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 wait. Python. Python powder. That's right, folks. Python powder. That is the key ingredient to getting you 24-inch pythons. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Made from 100% python. And you will grow six inches overnight if you are Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> so during this, we see there's three glasses in a blender, and we see him take three scoops of the infamous python powder and three hard shell eggs. Shells are included because they are calcium. Probably a quart of water, peaches, and berries. And he proceeds to blend this cocktail or the uh, shake i should say i'm sorry hey brother the hogan shake together <laughs> and in his other pocket he pulls out the 12 hogan pill pack all the vitamins you need one thing i forgot to mention we got the holsters patented python packs here these are your one a day guaranteed to get you through a full day that doesn't exactly look like uh, one a day to me well that's what it's all about see you've got everything in here you need you don't you don't have to carry around a bunch of bottles of different vitamins i've got everything put in here and soon to be on the market yeah yeah steroid pill form i got you along with training saying your prayers and taking more vitamins on top of the vitamins that he just give you guaranteed <laughs> to grow six inches overnight <laughs> 
So after the shakes were made and Hogan decided to inhale his pills, Lord Alfred Hayes says that he had already ate for the day and he could pass on the shake because the color was the same color of Alfred's pasty skin and he was not very appetized, we could say. But seeing Hulk Hogan drink it and then Vince did drink some as well and he was pleasantly surprised, you could tell. It tastes as good as it did. And Alfred didn't want to be a party pooper and he attempted to drink two sips of the shake and he immediately exited the stage to regurgitate his body rejected <laughs> as Hulk says that it doesn't work for everybody everybody's body's different apparently Lord skis are not included in on this protein python powder pill packs he wasn't ready nope. so as Alfred leaves they go out to commercial break and we see Hulk Hogan and Vince finishing the what's left of their Hogan shakes and once we come back we see that Wendy has joined the set along with Hulk Hogan and Vince brings up the size of Hogan's arms claiming they're 24 inches and he claims they are 23 22 24 on a good pump when he's at it and Vince asked Hulk Hogan if he minded if he took measurements of the 24 inch pythons to show the viewers and to further promote this late night promo of him selling the turkey baster along with the blender and everything else <laughs> this was more than a sudden forget it thing and of course Wendy was happy to assist as normal indeed they measured the big two four Who's got the largest arms in the world, brother? Yeah, it was an interesting segment, I guess, for the last finishing touches to cap off Tuesday Night Titans. I concur. Interesting is good. But it's good Hulk Hogan was able to get out there and start throwing his own line of supplements that never made it to market. And I'm pretty sure when Vince McMahon made his own supplements, there was some <laughs> python powder in there. Pretty sure. And the government did not approve, as we learned in the early 90s. Because <laughs> they couldn't handle it. It's not made for everyone. No, nope, definitely not. Including the FDA. Hey, man, that's how the cookie crumbles right yep. and that my friends wraps it up for episode 9 august 21st 1984 who do we have next week well we are promised to have cowboy bob orton's horse i'm not sure if bob comes part of that package or not uh, big john studs gonna set some world records and some bench pressing we get to meet iron mike sharp and according to the description on the network boatman is back salvatore balumbo his, his name's just fun to say. Yes, even he likes to say it when he's requested to. Oh, definitely. I look forward to seeing Boatman back, and it is kind of weird that Big John Studd has to come back the same week that Boatman comes back. Controversy? Maybe? Maybe so. I have a rematch. Maybe he's going to stick that boat where the flags don't sail? <laughs> I'm interested. Possibility. <laughs> He'll probably come with an extra big paper boat cannon just in case Big John Studd doesn't come passive. Oh, Big John Studd and Kim Patera have some metal boat or something crazy that they bent <laughs> take that in your sissy paper should be a fantastic episode i think i'm pretty sure iron mike sharp is the opposite of salvatore Belumbo as far as volume so it's the end to the yang i'm excited what do you want you keep touching my leg and with that this was the tag team podcast remember to keep downloading different devices tell your friends tell your family tell your family's friends tell your friends of your family download the tag team podcast follow us on social media on facebook facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast on twitter at tag team podcast on google plus the tag team podcast Email us at the tag team podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the tagline 6016544 tag that's 6016544824. 
You can also listen on SoundCloud by searching the Tag Team Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. Oh, hanging right in there, Vince. As always, that's one thing you have been noted for through the years is hanging in there all the way.